Blog Talk Radio. I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, everyone. Are you ready for today? Come on, wake up. Do um, I'm your host, Michelle Mache, and this is Awakenings with Michelle Mache. If you stumbled, tumbled, surfed into this podcast, uh, great to connect with you. And if you are new and you're in the chat listening via the chat, uh, that's great. But if you want to interact in the chat or ask questions in the chat or just connect with others and share your insights and stories and comments, uh, then you knew, do need to do a profile with Blog Talk Radio. Okay, hello, Monopoly, Tammy, spiritually happy. Welcome. Welcome all in the chat. Welcome uh, those of you that are listening by phone. And if you had a question or a comment, that number is 347-539-5122. That's 347-539-5122. And press 1 on the keypad. Yeah, because a lot of people just listen by phone. And you're listening by archive. As you know, I always say you are with us in spirit, and we appreciate you listening. Um, and I really appreciate everybody listening, subscribing, and sharing about the show. I've had some people on my Insta um, do stories while they're listening to the show and then, um, you know, sending to me, adding me uh, some that they know. So I want to give a shout out to you guys. That's so cool. And those of you that have also great uh, left your appreciation feedback on iTunes, I also very, 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 very much appreciate that because the more subscribers, the more listeners, the more sharing, the more appreciation reviews bumps us up in those lovely search engines so more people can find us, Um, which I'm also really amazed at how people find this program. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I mean, hear of it or know of it uh, nationally and, you know, internationally and, of course, on the, you know, different podcast platforms. But some people just kind of stumble or they say they're looking for something and somehow the show came up. Whether I don't, you know, I should ask more. If it's just on other podcast podcast outlets or platforms or is it iTunes or how does it pop up? What questions are they putting in in the search? I always like to know what's going on behind the scenes. <laughs> I went to uh, Wisdom, uh, downtown LA, uh, interactive. Oh, my God, I had such a great time. Oh, my God, it was amazing. And um, a friend of mine took me and said, I know this is just so for you. And it was cure time. But a lot of you know that I do uh, – 
you know, mashups musically. I have to post some of them. I have some of them, I think, on SoundCloud, a couple of them that I did years ago with um, a, music, a musician, actually, that had been on the show. But I like to do my vocalization, scatting, chants, primordial chants, primordial sounds, and I bring in a Sanskrit. And I actually did a show a couple of weeks ago, no, maybe a month or so ago, might have been a month, uh, shout out to Blend LA, and they let me get jump on the mic, and uh, oh, so fun! I was chanting Sanskrit, and people were loving it. You know, getting all relaxed and mixing it with, I like to mix it with um, house, you know, bouncy house, trance. Uh, I don't know about tech. I, I can mix it with anything. What the heck, right? Um, but anyway, so it was pretty cool. They were playing some very interesting um, uh, beats and uh, mixes, kind of, um, I don't know, Moroccan, Middle Eastern. So anyway, yeah. So anyway, so Samskar was so amazing. If you see on my instant, I also posted on Facebook, they had this interactive, oh, I didn't know it was interactive. As I was walking by, I was going, first we did the chanting, then we danced. I mean, it was great. A lot of uh, Afro-Cuban, Caribbean Colombian uh, beats, just amazing, amazing uh, kind of uh, salsa beats, salsa, um, but with with Sanskrit, with chanting. So we kind of we did chanting with the harmonium, and then there was drums. Uh, which one of the drums that I actually have? I can't think of the name of it now because I tried to learn how to play it. Oh my god, it's so hard. It's like a tabla. I, of course, I picked the hardest drum to try to figure out how to play. Um, just because I like the look of it and the sound. <laughs> anyway, it was great. So then they jumped on um, the the uh, computer and mixed in uh, EDM, you know, some great electronic beats and chanting with that. And then we had this, like, little dance party. And then we went to this part that was interactive. And I got to post this because has anybody, you guys, have you done the virtual reality? Oh, my God, such a trip. So we had the little goggles and got to go in this little world. And it was pretty fun, pretty amazing. But then we're walking through this, like, art gallery part. And I'm looking around, and peripherally, I'm walking, and I see, like, this, I don't know, like, liquid light or something. But it's, but there's a, a, a version or vision of me and a kind of image. You can't totally tell it's me, but I'm noticing it's doing the same movements. I'm like, that's so strange. That picture is moving just like I'm moving. <laughs> and my friend's like, it's interactive, and I'm like, oh, so we played around with that, butterfly wings, and, you know, just doing all kinds of movement, and it just reminds me of how much creativity is within us all, you know. We're all so creative, just these ideas, and sometimes it's finding, you know, the technology to help, you know, bring it together, or, or those kind of doing some you know, I like to call them the mashups, you know, those collabs, you know, bringing it all together, but it's all coming from source, spirit, light, energy, right? Universal energies. And it comes through. If you think of all the 
you know, inventions from the small to the to the largest that impact our life. Pretty amazing. So anyway, those of you that listen to the program a lot, you know I'm such an art, but art, music, creativity, it's all the realm of the soul. And I just revel in it. And it just always astonishes me and inspires me. I came away very inspired. So um, if you hang out with me on Insta and um, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, by the way, I uploaded another video on YouTube. So those of you that want to go to Soul Insights with Michelle Mache, or you can just put Awakenings or Michelle Mache, you'll find my channel. Also, I am doing a shamanic um, interplane journeying uh, Saturday, June 22nd at Yoga Nest, um, but I'm doing it with Grace O, who's amazing. Sound, she's a channeler and a, she's very dialed in. Some of you have heard me speak of her, and we're going to be connecting in uh, with the guides. Um, of course, I'm going to have my Juana uh, Cuatro Vientos, my, my teachers, will be, the plane will be guiding me. And we'll be doing a sacred circle. So we'll be doing a medicine wheel, and we will be doing the wakeful dreaming, which is the shamanic interplane journey, but accompanying to sound. So it's beyond a sound bath. I don't know how else to put it. She, she listen. One of the one of the sessions I did with her. See how we're always guided. This kind of goes into what I wanted to share with all of you. You know, I've been looking for people that, you know, were more advanced or expanded or deeper. And just because of the work that I've been doing, and I was thinking of previous, you know, you know, teachers and mentors and guides that I've had. And very open. I mean, I'm just loving so much of what I've been experiencing in the community, um, in person, and also the online community. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I mean, it really, there's some really higher vibrational, higher frequency. Um, oh my God, Monopoly, what? Woo! Grace is a friend of yours? Yay, Monopoly in the chat. Okay, Monopoly, I don't know if you know how dialed in she is, you know. I always get led to the good ones, you know, like the juicy ones. So one day I'm doing a couple of stories. I'm going to be quick on this, but I just got to share this because this is how amazing she is. Um, so anyway, if you want to know about this, you can go on my website, soulplayground.life. If you're in the L.A. area or you want to drive in, fly in, however, I would definitely say this will be worth your while. So I know what I see as a psychic medium and a channel and, you know, the stories, you know, whether other light beings, alien, whatever, you know, I've got stories and I know, and, you know, back this past week, I did a house cleansing and clearing in Beverly Hills. And I just want to give a heart, a little heart energetic hug to um, Nicholas and Paul. Uh, it was such a beautiful house cleansing and clearing. The, the woman that had passed on actually came to me and helped me, and, and it was just so loving, and, and these people were just amazing, so gracious. Um, and I loved it. I took a lift there. I loved just going up in the hills, and I could just chat on my Insta story and, you know, let people know what I'm doing and then tune in and meditate. And then the lift driver just, you know, dropped me off, and I went and did the – I was totally expanded – 
So I love doing that kind of work. Uh, but anyway, get back to grace. So anyway, two two quickies. One time, okay, I'm do, you know I'm going to my sound bath, my yin yoga meditation. And oh, she has a meditation with someone else. So okay, I'm going to go to that, and I'm doing deep healing because that the yoga nest is on a vortex. Okay, serious light, serious vortex of energy. And it's up high so I can get all the four directions in. You can't just, people don't realize when, you, when you're trained shamanically and initiated, you, you just, you get told where you can do certain things or who you can help initiate, you know, what you can do to the broad public. So anyway, I'm doing this and all of a sudden I feel someone working on my abdomen and I thought, you know, I've done, I'm just did sound baths back in the day, you know, facilitated them. I've done a lot of groups. I know you go and do a little adjustment energetically or you put the shoulders back on someone or tap them, you know, you, you, you know, there's adjustments that you do. But this one was going on long. So I thought, oh, that's kind of inappropriate. Now that's too long. What's going on here? I opened my eyes and it's not grace. It's a light being working on me. Okay. And there's a few of them in the room. Okay, so I thought, oh, that's cool. So I'm down for that. Then I open my eyes again, and I see Grace in multiple places throughout the room, but she's actually just by the bolts, right? And I'm like, oh, boy, now we're going to play. She's, she's an advanced one. I love it. So I don't know how to say this because I'm new in this community, you know, extending out and it's like when I first started channeling, you know, and I had the, the guides, the oversouls and spiritual hierarchy would have me just go up to people and give them information that they needed or wanted, or I'd take a class and then I'd download all the information. Then the next day they'd say, call that person, you know, or I'd go into my astrology class and they'd say, you have to give the teacher this information, you know, and I'm like, okay, they're going to think I'm nutsy. So anyway, I'm about to say something to Grace. I'm kind of trying to figure it out. And then she goes, boy, were there a lot of light beings here helping us today. And I'm like, okay, all right, since you mentioned it. (laughs) And she told me, she goes, that frequently happens. And she goes, oh, I'm so glad you're not afraid of it. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I said, I I work with, you know, all kinds of beings and, you know, are aware of the collective energy that we are. That was one thing. Then another time I'm doing a sound bath meditation with her. And I had, okay, if you guys have seen my um, YouTube, I did a video of a pick a card and I used these um, cards of of Ganesh and got, and um, so I had been really meditating and of course that is part of my practice, my lineage, you know, Hinduism, the Santan, you know, working with you know, Gromai, Muktananda, and others, uh, Babaji, you know, on and on. So there's been a few in-person teachers, and, you know, and I had gone to India. So I'm very connected sometimes with those deities. So I'm, I had done this video on YouTube, and I used these in the pick a card. And so when I went to this meditation, I was playing, oh, it was the yin yoga, which is very deep deep, by the way, Sarah, who's the owner who does this yin yoga, will be on. She is Gaia Grace, very powerful, very humble, but very powerful. I've had some amazing 
healings and experiences. So I'm going deeper and I'm calling in the guy, the deities. I'm chanting in my mind. I'm doing mantra meditation in my mind as I'm going deeper in the yin yoga. And all of a sudden, some of the, the deities that I've seen in my cards, different forms of Ganesh, appear to me. So I thought, you know what? Call them in. I'm like, I need help. You know, I need, I'm going in this path. I need, so anyway, I'm calling them in, right? I'm in my healing mode. And all of a sudden, they're around me, and I'm just feeling like this, this huge vision of Ganesh came through to me and got bigger and bigger and bigger and then smaller and smaller. And then all I saw was the blue pearl and then this white light, and I was just out. You know, I had this amazing healing. So, And I felt all this energy around me just radiating. My guides were there. They've been, you know, this is the thing, guys. If you really open to this, you will get that guidance, that other dimensional or other plane, you know, not in denser physical form, help. Your guides, guardian angels, God I, is there for everyone. Yoshi has them. Yoshi's been going through stuff, and her guardian angel and then her spirit guides came to me to talk to me. So it just takes opening to it, and then, of course, the, the practice. So, again, after the class, I'm about to leave, saying my hugs and goodbyes. And I said, oh, God, that was so deep. That was so beautiful. And I thanked them. And I said, I had such amazing healing. And Grace comes up and goes, yeah, you have this force field of energy around you, like a barrier. And I said, oh, and she goes, not in a bad way. It was like this energy just emanating off of you and, you know, and around you. It's what I love about these people. They see what I see and what I, what I bring in and live with. I don't even have to say it. They see it. And then she goes, and there were all these deities around you, and she said, Hindu gods and goddesses, and she said, I saw the one that's the, uh, the elephant, I said, Ganesh, and she goes, yeah, I saw Ganesh was right around, and I said, oh, my God, I go, I'm not imagining things, I said, you saw, I go, that's what I was calling in, that's the energy, so anyway, guys, I had to share this with you, Monopoly in the chat, I'm just so blown away that you know her. My God, we have to tell you have to come in. You have to come on Saturday the twenty second. So if you haven't experienced, I can only imagine with the oversold my guides, the, the the expanded frequencies that come through. Those of you that years ago that are listening to the program know when I used to do um uh shamanic interplane work especially at Las Brisas Retreat Center, we'd have overnight, we'd have over the weekend, sometimes five-day retreats, and we would dive in. And I just remember one of the times when I first got, um, talk about like having all this power, you know, like a, like a big water hose or, you know, or like having a magic wand at like Wagahart, uh, Waga, what is it, Wagaharts, whatever, um, Wagwarts, what's it called? Wagwarts. You guys tell me what is it in the chat. <laughs> Harry Potter. Anyway, I had just finished my last leg of my shamanic training. And we were doing a medicine wheel outside in the desert. It was so hot. There was no wind. It was like just still. Hogwarts. Thank you, Tammy. Hogwarts. So anyway, I have papers for everyone so they can do join in on the medicine wheel, you know, and creating the wheel because that's, you know, standard when you create the wheel. You know, you open the circle and then close it. And 
my guys are there, Juana's, everybody, you know, it's all happening. And I call in the wind. There's one part in the ceremony when you call in the wind. I, I will, let me tell you what happened. A gust of wind happened on that dry desert land right after I called it in, right after I did the ceremony. It was so windy. We had to come. We had to finish the ceremony inside, and everybody was laughing at me, going, "Boy, Michelle, you really called it in." I'm like, "Geez, this stuff really works! Oh my God, I am really, I am really trained and initiated. I really did get, you know, the the red healing shawl. I really did get the transference of the energy of the gifts, you know." I told my teacher, one of my teachers, about it, and they were just laughing, and I was like, "Oh my God, it started like a huge windstorm." Right, Cristobal's written in the chat, right, calling in the wind spirits, and they came. Listen, everything was blowing. People's long skirts were blowing up in the air. All the papers that I had out there that people were holding, they put, were blowing. It was so windy that it kicked up the, um, you know, the sand and dirt, the dirt in the desert. So, you know, people are like, well, what should we do? Put glass, and I've got to do it inside. It was so windy. So, anyway. As you can see, I'm pretty excited um, about doing this. Very, very excited. I guess my little message in all of this is like opening more to this aspect of us. This is living this every day. This is a big part of the new paradigm because it's there. It's there for everyone. But the more ego-centered we are, we just don't have that stepped-up vibrational frequency to open to these kind of energies. Now, mind you, I was born with this connection, you know, this link in there. But it, but over the years, all my training and studying and then daily meditation and just working on it and having that focus makes it not only stronger but readily, more readily available to me to align to it, attune to it, or tap into it, I guess is one way. Which brings me to a point that I really wanted to share with everyone. Um, I've been getting a, this question a lot, a lot with my clients, a little bit in the teleworkshops, but a lot of my clients that are really starting to go next level and they're, they're realizing they can't make things happen uh, Crystal Bolt's Gretna, does your mom have the gift, Michelle, and does she? She had a bit of it. My mom was very intuitive. In fact, um, in my early 20s, she uh, crossed over, and I worked with her. She saw the silver cord. Like my, when my grandfather had passed on, he came to me. He had also come to my mom. We talked about it. My mom came to me. She gave me it. She was my second near-death experience. She brought that to me. She was, my mom was, one of the lessons I've learned from her kind of other dimensionally is how powerful we are on the other side, um, that we may not live that power on this dimension, okay? Because she really, you know, at the time, you got to understand, being psychic and growing up this way, I started reading like 13 for about astral projection. I was at the library, I'm talking to people, you know, my whole journey. So everything I went through, whatever it was, you know, I was always sharing with mostly my family, trying to heal them, you know, a little bit my friends, but, but some of my friends really didn't know this side to me. Some did, but they weren't interested, so I didn't push it. A lot of them knew, well, why, Michelle, how, how does she know my pet's going to die or this person's going in the hospital 
or this person's sick or this guy is going to say this or that. How, you know, I, I just knew things. I didn't really, I guess, you know, quantify it until much later, you know, when you start getting home. Um, but she, I remember thinking that she wasn't that evolved. You know, at the time I was very, I wasn't fanatical, but I was vegan for many years. You know, I just, my rituals, you know, that I would do the moon, I was doing goddess circles, I, you know, I did no leather, this and that, you know, meditating a lot in the morning and the evening, you know, all this stuff. And then the psychological stuff I was healing and going through and, and then later learning this. But she did come back to me, and um, and since I had, a, had had a near-death experience earlier, um, she brought me the white light. I mean, it was just amazing. And I remember talking to someone, or I had the thought, you know, well, she because she had had cancer, and then she she didn't. She's like, I'm going to still live like I like to, you know, flying around with a boyfriend and in, in her fur, eating meat. I'm like, you shouldn't really be eating that, mom. You should be eating this and that and vegging this. Dr. Bonner's and this and this supplement. She's like, no, no. But then she snapped at me, you know, when she was on the other side, and she says, well, how evolved do you have to be to be able to bring you the near-death experience? And I was like, oh, that's a good point. So since then I learned that we can't really, that saying, judge a book by its cover, we can't judge a spirit by their life experience. Yes, some people are not that connected. They're not connected to their soul or very connected. They're more just humanoid, you know, but it's not consciousness. You know, they have perhaps less consciousness or awareness, and that's their role. That's their imprint. That's their divine expression, if you will. But then there are those that we, that are mirroring something. They're, they're holding a certain frequency Remember, what, what you're living out on the earth plane isn't your only frequency, you know. Um, yeah, so it was cool because I would be traveling. It was when I was modeling, so I was traveling around the world. And she's like, Mia, you don't have to come back, you know, just talk. She, she lived through my experiences. But we would have long conversations in person and on the phone of what she was experiencing as she was transitioning because we start transitioning um, and I'm seeing this with Yoshi, you know, this is why sometimes people, they know on a soul level through the higher self, they know that they're going to be dying or crossing over, however you want to put it. So they might be getting closer. They're having more conversations or deeper. I know with my daddy started having deeper conversations and I was like, Oh dad, wow, you're really going there now. Cause he never really liked to, you know, I was always the one initiating kind of pulling that out of people. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Christabel's written in the chat, I agree, we can't judge the cover. Yeah, there's so many layers dimensionally, and how are they showing up for you, and what are they living out on this dimension is not the totality of everyone, right? It's just not. And, and again, spirit, sometimes certain people, you know, are incarnated kind of iconically that are, representing an aspect of the collective, be it a very unconscious or ignorant or wounded part of the collective, or a very awake, aware, enlightened. We can think of some examples. I know the aware, awake, enlightened could be maybe Nelson Mandela, maybe the Dalai Lama, you know. 
and again, and there's varying degrees. Some we we know, you know, our household names, and some are not. So it's this amazing panoply. But what I'm finding in this next level of awakening, some are going through the root awakening. That's like more the mainstream consciousness, the race consciousness. But those of you that have been awakening and opening more and more, you're finding yourself having less egoic control and having to really tune in, do the deeper inner work, the deeper meditation, or, you know, pausing to attune more. Or maybe you're going in a certain direction and then it seems to be taken away or it it manifests in a different way. You have to trust that your own higher self is guiding you. Your higher self knows what you want. Hey, Ange in the chat, welcome. Let's see. I used to talk to my grandma about the other side all the time. The family didn't get us. <laughs> but I think it made us feel better that we have so much time on this plane. Wow. Since she was just a teen and in her 90s, still feel her, smell her all the time. Yeah. See, so I feel this is just going to be something that's so commonplace in our, yes, it is with us you and me. It is with a lot of us. But when I'm speaking about the, the the next phases of awakening, it's getting it more and more and more and more into the mainstream. You know, that it's not something scary. You know, or people people are still, even that I work with, scared of the being psychic or spiritual. They're afraid of their own gifts. You know, my mom used to tell me, like, you don't have to be afraid of spirits. You know, real people. You could be afraid of. And that's what people don't realize. You have more power or empowerment on the physical plane or physical dimension than any spirit. I don't care if you want to call it a demonic spirit or a lower level. I've had some that I've just slept upside the head like, hey, that's enough. I'm not believing in it. I don't have time for this. Boom. You know, boom. Boundaries. Boom. You know, you have that power, that empowerment. And when you see everything from oneness, that when people are acting out, you know, and there's a lot of that going on right now. People are very triggered because th- many of us empaths, light workers, starseed, we've been giving people passes. It's like, okay, go ahead, you're wounded, you know, do it, you know, and just kind of. Now our next level of awakening is requiring us to speak our truth, whether it's pointy, you know, and it's like, no, 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 it's this, it's that. And that's our level of, you know, awakening is, to get more, because we've been giving of service. There's been a lot of old Piscean, perhaps you could say martyrdom, or just holding the space, holding the space, even though people are taking forever. Those contracts are, you know, ending. Some have already ended. They're winding out. It's like, no, that's not my game anymore. That's not my thing. So, you know, some of you may find people around you can't handle that, or you might feel like you've lost friends, or friends don't get you, or they're like, oh, you hurt me by what you said. And it's like, no, I just said how I felt. You know, I just said, I feel this way. Yeah, That's one thing I learned in, you know, my therapy, personal therapy, and also my counselor training is that people are entitled to their feelings. All feelings are okay. Even if they don't make sense, they're feelings. So when we use those I state, I feel this way, or this made me feel this way. That's valid. It's your feeling. Now, do we act upon it? Or that doesn't mean that that person intended, you know, X, Y, or Z. 
but it's important to acknowledge the feelings. Even it's always been everyone, but even more so now. Because if you don't start acknowledging your feelings and getting to the truth of the feelings and also the emotions, keeping the emotions very flexible and fluid, it, it lowers your vibrational frequency. It dims your light. It lowers your vibrational frequency. And it puts you out of alignment with your soul. Because resonance and coherence is all about feeling, feeling and sensing. It's all about energy. And so the reality is, even as we're moving into this new paradigm, the beginning of the Aquarian age, which it just won't stop, you know, there, even though it's mental, it's the mental realm, the feeling is the guide, the Geiger counter, the, the pendulum, the dousing rod, your feelings. So if you're around people that won't let you have your feelings or you're having to not be able to feel your feelings, or express your feelings, that's going to throw you off. That's going to throw you out of alignment, out of attunement. It's like a musician feeling the guitar or the, you know, the keyboard or the piano, whatever the instrument is, the drum, it's all feeling. You don't play an instrument telepathically, at least not yet. You have to feel it. You have to strum it. You have to feel it. You have to feel the chords. You have to feel the chords and what's the next note or what's the next, you know, what's the next verse, what verse goes to that chord. So feelings are going to be really, really, really important um, because they're kicking you, aligning you, nudging you, pushing you into more resonance by what feels life enhancing for you. So if, if something's causing you to cave in, your, your throat is getting, you know, your, your chest is getting tight, your tummy is getting tied or you're feeling icky feelings something's off something's not of resonance within you within the situation within the person there's some ulterior motive there's something going on you may or may not know what it is you may get to the bottom of it or it just may be that that person or that situation or that interaction is off yes Christopher's Gretna contracts coming to an end yes some of them have already ended, and that's that's the big thing. Is I feel like the healers and light workers, you know, those that are doing that game, it's about awakening to the fact that oh no, it's something has changed. I don't have to do this anymore or be this way anymore. I or I get to integrate. It's not that you're not going to hold the space for people or be empathetic or be you know do your healing. It's just you're doing it in a different way. That is, that is bringing in more of what's truly, just more of you in fulfilling. Think of it this way. When you have a, you know, you give birth to a baby, an infant, you, there's a, there's a making sacred, there's a sacrifice, you know, or you're caring for someone, right? You know, someone that's convalescing. Could be that. Let's go back to infant. So you're up all night maybe in the bottle feeding or the breastfeeding or, you know, get up and walk the baby, you know, they have colic or this and that, you know, and then at 14 and, you know, whatever, eight years old, 11, 12, 14, even 18, you know, they're, they're your child. So there's certain ways that you are formatted due to that responsibility and you love it. You love it. You're like, oh, my God, I get to give to this being or I get to raise this being. I get to be the stewardship of this being's life. That's 
what I'm talking about. We've been stewards to people's lives. That's where the shift is. It's about now it's the shift. It's like people have come to 18 or 21 years old. You're still going to care and be there, but differently. I hope that makes sense. But that's a very important key component, and it's going to be more understood as after these retrogrades go direct, so September, October on, into the close of the year. So many of you may find yourself catapulted in your life, maybe more seen, more public, or more vocal, speaking your truth more, living your truth more, you know, dropping some obligations that really aren't necessary anymore. And you're not really going to be able to control it or hold back. If you do, your life situation, things will start to crumble because it's the soul's directive through the higher self. It's the higher aspect of your being saying, oh, this is done. This is over. You know, boom. You know, I mean, how long do you stay in that, that other mode? It's, it's like it's, it's becoming over. It's getting over. And for many, it is over. You're, you're seeing you're having to make different changes. Some of you are coming more out of your shell, right? Okay, let's talk to people. Let's get to callers. Uh, we're going to get in a few calls, uh, maybe some readings, depending on what you callers want. And then we will be getting to our second half of the program. We'll have our awakening dialogue. We have the day with us. Uh, the second half of the program will be Jill Thomas, intuitive hypnotherapist, clairvoyant. And we're going to be talking about her recent uh, books. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, if you want to check her out, if you want to uh, scope her out, soulconnecthypnotherapy.com is the website. Okay, so I do see a lot of people in the queue. If you have questions, please press one on your keypad. Aha, there it is. Okay, hello and welcome to the program. You're on air. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Michelle. It's Christine. How are you? Hey, Christine. Love you, too. Great to talk to you. Welcome. Hey, thanks for, thanks for taking the call. Um, so I just have a question about um, employment slash career. Um, I've been kind of doing – I've really been listening to what you said. I've been really trying to just dive into my intuition and taking time to dive in, which means I've had to take okay. a step back on a lot of things, actually. Um, and right now, you group I a little. That's cool. Really, yeah, like I, like I wasn't really working a lot for a while, and like sort of doing some care for myself, meditating. I did the yoga retreat, some the training, like I called about that a few months oh, ago. Oh, um, Okay, and it was great. And now I think I'm getting ready to enter back into working, back into production again. Um, and like some opportunities have kind of been popping up, and I'm just interested to right. see if see anything about anything coming in that I'll be taking soon. So I'll probably have to let go of what I'm doing right now, like the jobs that I do have right now. So I'm just trying to see mm -hmm. if you see anything for you in July. Okay. Well, I think this is a really good example of how many people are going back to what they've been doing, but in a different way, you know? Yes. Exactly. So I feel, I I feel um, you feel that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I feel, let's see, I feel like, um, you know, it's interesting. 
production, okay, that like TV or something? Yes, exactly right. Okay. Because I do feel you're going to have quite a big, um, so weird to talk about visual. There's something being seen or interviewed. Yeah, stick with it. I feel like you have a good um oh, good career there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like it could really I, propel I, I, you I, into something else where you're doing your own videos or something. I yeah, I feel like spirit, there's that's it. Is that true? Okay, cuz I feel like yeah, spirit yeah. wants you to go back to that because of the connections. It's it's good money. But I feel like there's some connections to be made for your own projects, if that makes sense. Yeah, so that's where I'm getting stuck because I I was working – what I was doing before was um, more like talk show casting, and I just realized that it wasn't what I wanted to do. And after leaving some toxic environments, I took a break. And now I'm trying mm-hmm. to get that back again, but doing more scripted stuff, telling my own stories, putting myself in front of the camera – but I'm just not sure if I should be applying for, like, production assistant jobs again because, like, one popped up, and I'm like, this is what I would do. But I don't know if I would be applying for that and doing that and not having the time to work on my own stuff or if this is, like, No, I feel you need to go back to the – they're telling me you need to go back to the production for the connection. Got it. Okay. Some of your projects are going to be made by who you're meeting. Okay? Wow. So, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's okay. some this good is... connections, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay, great. It's TV. All right, cool. It could be Netflix it's... also, but yeah, I, I'm getting I'm getting shorter format, not not um, movies. There's something that you're going to be working on, yeah, maybe no, a series no. or something like that. TV is exactly what I want to do. That's why that's what I want oh, to go for. Well, that's what I'm yeah, but I've just been really scared to go back in there because. Um, uh, I had worked in a lot of toxic environments, and like it was all for a better, all for a good reason because it taught me a lot. But I just had a lot of fear around it and not wanting to go back. But I think it's time. You guys, I, I get it. Yeah, you can do it. Every everywhere is toxicity. I've seen the most toxic environments. In, I hate to say it in spiritual centers because a lot of people don't do their inner work. Yeah. You know? yeah. In fact, right. years years ago, I did. Yeah, years ago, I did this show, a TV pilot. Um, and I said everybody straight, I couldn't believe it. Oracles, you know, it was a mashup mm-hmm. between NBC and Paramount. And I could not believe these healers, psychic, astrologers, they were so catty, backbiting. Yeah. And finally, by the crafts table, I looked at all of them and I said, you know what? I was a model and I worked with supermodels. I worked with, and I go, you guys have the worst egos. What the hell? Wow. I go, we're representing here. Even the yeah. executive producer came up to me and was like, gosh, I didn't realize. I go, oh, you didn't realize, you know, healers and light work, people that are supposed to be spiritual have this kind yeah. of backbiting energy. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, sweetie. You can do it. Yeah. Keep okay. us posted, though. Yeah. We'll be curious to I know will. how you're doing. Yeah, okay. thank you so cool. much for everything. Like, your, your pick a card videos have been <gasps> off the charts. Honestly. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm hoping to. I thought I'd be able to do it in May, but I think it's going to be this month. Uh, I'm going to do more, and I'm also going to uh, separate them out by sign and do soul stories. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I really want to dive in. But thanks for that, sweetie. Take good care. Of course. Thank you. You too. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Hello, and welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hello. How are you? (laughs) Hello. I'm I'm doing great. What's your first name? I can hear you now. What's your first name? Natasha. Natasha. Natasha? Natasha. Okay. Hi, Natasha. What's your question? My question is, it's concerning my sister. She was recently staying here with me, and she was supposed to, you know, be trying to get herself together, and she's been bouncing around from house to house. And I don't know how to approach her. Our our relationship has, like, a strain on it. So I wanted to know, like, how should I go about trying to talk to her? Um, I can't hear anything. Hello? Um, yeah, can you hear me? I'm not. Yes, now I can. Okay. okay, she's mad at you for some reason. There's something going on. Uh, she is. I, that's how I felt. I felt like that. And every time I see her, you know, it's like she seems to try to be happy, but I can still feel something. I know this sounds cliche, but be there and and prayer, send light, and just tell her if you ever need anything or you want to talk, I'm here. But I really feel it's something she has to figure out for herself. She's very triggered. Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel there's something going yeah. on with her with relationships. So either not having a relationship or not a good one. Right. Yeah. I I can understand that because she's always back and forth. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome to take good care. Thank you. You too. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm excited I got through. I love listening to your yeah. show. So. <laughs> um, and, so uh, give me your first name, please. Oh, my first, name, first name is Joan. Hi, Joan. Great. <laughs> hmm? um, I am calling in. I wanted to ask you about like love and relationships and kind of what you see coming up for me there. I'm really okay. looking And you for... said Joan or Joe? You said Joe or Joan? Joan. Yeah, Joan, J-O-A-N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joan. Okay, Joan. Okay. Okay, so it's definitely getting yourself out there again more. Yeah, small groups and circles, even spiritual centers, or places where you're feeling uplifted. Now, Joan, I feel like you're going to have a chance to be either volunteering for something or on the board of something. There's some okay. organized group activity that you need to do. That I don't know if you meet the person through there, the guy through, there, or or it could be through friends of that. 
Do you know of anything okay. yet of what I'm talking about? Um, I don't, but I, I mean, I kind of have that passion to do more involvement with like, yeah, spiritual stuff and things like that. So oh, okay. that would kind of make sense. Um, I did yeah, recently I start, gonna... hmm? I did recently start talking to someone and I wasn't sure, like, he's kind of the first person I've connected with in a long time. So I wasn't sure. Um, if that was going anywhere or if I should still keep my options open. No, keep your options open. But here's what I'm hearing is you really, your higher self really and wants you to branch out. Um, okay, okay. I think what's going to happen is you're going to be going to a spiritual center. I don't know if it's a class, a workshop, or a talk, something. And something else is going to be happening coming up in the future where they, they're needing people to help out. Okay. Sign people okay. in. There's something, but it's a very, very, very good connection for you. Very, very good group. Let me just see what's coming up for Joan. Oh my gosh, she's connecting with right now or date. You're not really. Well, you're kind of. Yeah, you're my kind of more friends. What's going on with that? Um. Well, we met like a year ago, and then recently we started hanging out, kind of dating. Um. We both have kids and travel a lot for work, so. Oh, you know, there's okay. a lot going on. Yeah. And I am um, okay. finishing up, like, my divorce after two years, and he's been divorced for six years. So, yeah. I got to be honest. I got, Luke, I, got, uh, I got lukewarm energy around him. Are you feeling that as well? I'm actually – I was feeling very strong, positive energy. Um and I hope it's the right guy because there was another guy I went out with a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, well, but tell that me the name because I'm feeling... getting one. That, okay. Because I'm getting one you're not into yeah. and you're more friends. So, Gibby, you got yeah, two that was... Tell me that. Yeah. I'm picking up Sorry. another guy's energy because I think the other guy um, was very interested in you. Okay. What's this guy's The other guy, name? yeah. So, the new one is, his name is Josh. Okay. going to look and see what's coming up. Well, it's going to be slow moving, but I definitely feel he's looking for a partner or partnership. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. What's the best? I always like to, what's the best perspective for you to take in this? Yeah, see, it's still saying to kind of focus on you. I don't know if it's because it's new. It's casual dating yet. Let's see, what kind of relationship? I would, if you're asking my opinion, I would say yes, date him, but also be open to dating other people. That's what I would, uh, that's okay. what I'm getting. It's saying okay. don't clamp no, it I down yet. Yeah. Got it. I don't know. This isn't, a, you know, of course these are quick mini reads and they're general, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, I could get more into it in a personal read or maybe call back next week when I have more time. There's something going on with him. There's something a bit off. And I don't know if you know it yet. Okay. It's with uh-huh. the X. There's, there's something going on that I'm getting like a hesitation. Maybe it's on his end. I don't feel it's on your end. I feel there's a hesitation on his end. On his maybe end. Yeah. Well, he, he just found out he's going to be splitting um, his time for work, like from here in Chicago and New York. So I, he did say that's going to be, you know, challenging. Okay, there it is. See? Yeah. Okay. See? 
I'm a good psychic. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be like problematic. It's like in his, it's going to, I feel like it could, it, you know, I feel he's an opener. He's been a door opener, but I don't, okay. I feel like there's, there's hesitancy on his end of how to do this and do this further. And now you just told me because of the being between two cities, you know, and then with the balancing the kids. Right. So right, and I have two kids no. as well, so yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not a no, but I just feel there's something in him with all this balancing that he might be moving more slowly, and you might right. get swooped Makes up <laughs> by someone else. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. No, I appreciate it. But thanks, You're Michelle. So <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Hello and welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hello, hello. Hello? Yeah, you're on air. Welcome to the program. Oh, hi. Hi, this is my first time on here. (laughs) Oh, great. What's your first name? Megan. Hi, Megan. What's your question? I watch your videos on YouTube and I just love them so much. That's what brought me here. I love it. I love it. I'm going to be doing more. I love when I can do them. It's just, oh my God, it takes so long to upload them. It's not, it's not so much the videotaping. It's what goes after, you know, but anyway, more to come, more to come. I hope you subscribe, get the notification. I have subscribe. Okay, cool. Thank you. Very cool. What's your question? Um, so I, so the, for the past two years or two and a half, I've been going through a lot emotionally and physically, and I'm just so ready for good change in my life, um, really more so career, but um, also love. I haven't yeah. been with anybody in a long time. Um, and so I just want some, you know, uplifting, like <laughs> something's coming, something really great. I'm just kind of in a... Um, humdrum waiting mode and doing the same old and not living my dream. I know what my dream is and I know what I want to do, but nothing is happening. Nothing big anyways. No. Here's the thing. You're in that energy that so many of us are. It's small steps until the September, October. So what I would suggest Mm -hmm. to you is that you just do small steps of what it is you'd like to do. Be open to being, for one thing, I feel you need to be around different people. So you do need to expand your circle is what I'm hearing. Step Mm -hmm. more outside of yourself, okay? So it's like right now you're kind of like this explorer, this adventurer, but it might seem more on your own, like Aries energy. It's like, right, It's I know it's hard, you know, and maybe you can have a friend or set an alarm or put something in, you know, a calendar and go, okay, today I'm going to go here or I'm going to do this. I do feel right. things, July, there seems to be more upliftment, and then August, September, really, yeah, well, yeah, really the time of, yeah, Libra time. So end of September, October, see, it's falling into that. I feel some of your hopes, dreams, and wishes will be coming through. And so between now and then, it's going to be a little bit up and down, like, oh, a great day, a great weekend, or I like, met this person, or I had this great talk. I do mm-hmm. feel there could be somebody you're talking to online or you could meet someone online. Now, I don't know if that's like an app or like online through chat or something or Facebook, but there is going to be somebody that I feel kind of opens you up and kind of stirs your energy. But I feel like it's, you know, 
virtual. I'm not getting in person yet. Right. Okay, yeah, I ha- name- actually had that. Did you have that? Yeah, I had that feeling that I'm going to meet someone online because I'm so online, <laughs> you know, like oh, my. Oh, that's why. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you got to get so, in person, IRL. I do. You know, right? A little bit too. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, that's why I'm seeing you at home and the guys are like, you got to get out. You got to get out of that house. Um, but know. there is going to be someone you connect with online. I feel that's going to be really cool, really great, like a just amazing opener. Um, but I do feel that the things that you want are going to be coming about and the relationship I do feel this year, it's just, there's a piece that you have to do to integrate on a soul level where you're extending more. See, this is for all of us because I'm a bit, mm. you know, hermit or cocooner as well. Um, yeah. And I like doing stuff online. I'm, you know, I'm starting to do workshops and seminars again in person because people have been asking me. And also my guides are like, you know, are you going to just stay in your mm. house and healing office all day? You know, you got to get out. <laughs> so that changes yeah. your energy. You know, another thing people you can do to, and, you know, you as well, Megan, and those listening, change your furniture around. Change, because see, what happens mm. is we not only get in a rut, we get in a rut energetically. So nothing it's hard for the new to come in you got to create a space or an opening you got to move things around but i do feel as you get out more just a little bit doesn't have to be a lot you're going to shift the energy and that's going to start drawing some people because i do feel the online person but there's also going to be somebody in person also that i feel that you're going to be connecting with but first comes so online do you mean like like um potential lovers or or like business is this what you mean? Is it like relationships or like business uh, relationships? relationships. I feel like your work could be something online. There could be an online component to it anyway. Um, right. And that's really good for you. Whatever you're, you know, doing is what I'm hearing. Um, but the relationship okay. I feel is both online, but I also do see something in, in person. Or if you meet online, uh, it's not going to be one of these long chat have- <laughs> Huh? So I'll have options. <laughs> yes, yes. Or you meet online and it turns out you live near each other or something. Because I see you guys like what I call the fricky fracky. You know, fric- I see you doing a lot of stuff, a lot of activities uh, together in person. Oh, yay. Right, thanks for calling <laughs> in. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Michelle. I hope you have a wonderful day. Oh, thank you. I will. So far, it's been really good. Thank actually. you. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Okay. All right, everyone. It is time for our second half of the program. We have Jill Thomas with us. Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the program, Jill Thomas is an intuitive hypnotherapist, clairvoyant reader, a medium, and author of the books Feed Your Real Hunger, and her most recent read is Tales from the Trance. I want to welcome Jill to the program. Hello, Jill. Welcome to the program. Hey, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here today. I've always wanted to talk on the air about this topic, and I'm so happy to do this today. So excited. Oh, good, 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 good. So you've got um, – well, I want to get a little bit for our listeners, a little bit about you. Um, I did at the to- earlier in the program, gave your website, but I'm going to give it again because – uh, people could be listening, new people listening, uh, soulconnecthypnotherapy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of times the listeners want to get a visual and 
uh, see what the guests are about. So you've been focusing on this um, intuitive hypnotherapy and helping people realize their goals and dreams, change their lifestyle. Um, I know even working with people in the areas of wellness or losing weight or releasing the weight, healing toxic relationships. So I want to get your first awakening to your own path, you know, how that evolved for you, and then your awakening to really step forward and help others on their own path of healing. Mm, that's great. Um, when I was maybe six or seven, I had a conversation with a dead relative, uh, and my grandfather was there. And this, it was actually his mom, his biological mother, and she was explaining to him that she was really sorry that he got adopted by a not nice family. And this is all, by the way, all family secrets. I didn't know this. The woman that I knew to be his mother was very much alive. And, and I said, well, you know, you, Grandpa, your real mom, your real mom is here, and she just wants you to know that she's really sorry that this happened. And I got slapped upside the head, probably knocked to the ground, and he was explaining to me that witches get burned at the stake. Now, keep in mind, I was like six. And so suddenly I thought, this whole thing about talking to dead people that I can see that other people couldn't see wasn't really a good thing. That was my first message. So my first thought as a child was, let's turn this off. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) die. I don't want to get burned at the stake. Um, But, you know, I used it in my entire career. As I became an adult, I started in sales, which anybody who does sales discovers pretty quickly that you have to be somewhat intuitive to be able to do this job well. Because you have to be able to hear when people are lying to you, when they're lying to themselves, what the real objection is. A good salesperson gets body language. They understand what's going on big picture. And so I was using that, my intuitive ability in my career. And, you know, I got certified as a hypnotherapist just because it was fun. I just wanted to learn about it. I thought it was cool. And I started doing Mm -hmm. um, training modules where I would be doing these, like, little hypnotic exercises with with, uh, other sales reps so that we could expand our sales numbers. And, you know, anybody who works in sales knows that very frequently there's a number that you get in your head that's your top number, mm-hmm. the amount of money you'll let yourself, you know, achieve in a month or in a year. And if you can bust through that, then suddenly you're allowing yourself to receive a lot more money. And so salespeople do this to themselves all the time. And I was working with, you know, little called clients, they were actually coworkers, to help bust through that. And I started realizing, you know, people will give me money for this. Like people will pay me right. and I can do, I can yeah. do this. And it's so much more fun than selling stuff, which it kind of is selling, but it's different. And mm-hmm. I realized how many other things I wanted to help people with and how much fun it was to do this job, which is really amazing, life-changing. And I get to learn something from my clients every single day. And I, I absolutely love it. I want that for everyone. Wow. I love that. And I love how you applied it to the sales. And that concept of busting through a specific number. Now, let me ask you, do you find that with the people you work with, because I know you work with limiting beliefs, it seems like it's a similar premise, that they have this belief or this idea, just like the salespeople have this number, but it, that's not There's, the reality. That's, is, that, is it similar? It is similar. A lot of times when people are coming in for business issues, that there a lot of times there is a number that's in their head. They may not consciously be aware of it. That's why we start asking, you know, what, what was the most you ever made in a year? What is the most you've ever been able to achieve in a month? Um, but there are a lot of limiting beliefs that keep people from achieving the success that they want. And it, it's interesting because a lot of the wounding that we have as a child that makes 
intuitive, so good at the healing business also can make us very bad at some things about life, some particularly business things, because that, that wounding, that trauma that made you turn on your intuition when you were a young girl and helped you see dead people or understand when people were lying to you can also make you afraid of those same people. So that's one of the limiting beliefs, this idea that it isn't safe is a very big problem for healers. It's not safe to work with men. Women very frequently have that idea. It's not safe to work with strangers. It's not safe. Lots of things where we think it may not be safe. And so healers very frequently will limit their exposure to the public. They won't put themselves out on the Internet. They won't place Google ads. They won't be on Yelp because they're afraid of strangers coming to their office and, and, and harming them. And those kinds of limiting beliefs really hold healers back from being more present in the world. And all the world needs a lot more healers right now. We've seen this on the news every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Fascinating. So, you, oh, by the way, uh, Tammy and others in the chat are welcoming you. Hello, Jill. New website. Love Yay. it. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, so that, so your awakening started you recognizing that you knew things or saw people that were on the other side or crossed over. And so the next awakening on your path to your gifts and really wanting to, um, you help a lot of people, but I know your, your, your love, your, your um, expertise and your, your love is really helping other healers uh, get out there more and do their, you know, create a successful healing practice. So I'd like to talk a bit about that, you know, your awakening to more of your gifts, how that came about, and then why focusing on the healers? Because I know personally that that's a, that's a love of yours. You really like to help healers or people in the healing arts or healing practice get out, believe in themselves more and get out there more. I think part of why I love that so much is it's like healing yourself. You know, it's, it's, I can see that, oh, I, I did this whole path. I started off, um, my awakening to working with more intuitive clients is when I started becoming even more intuitive. I took a channeling class. I'd taken, I'd, I'd been doing channeling before. I just didn't realize that's what I was doing. So I actually formally took a channeling class and suddenly I'm like able to really talk to higher level beings because finally I know how and I can actually do it more, more uh, mindfully. And I discovered how much fun it is to work with, with higher level beings. And they kept consistently saying, you know, the healers are just not out there enough. They're just not being found. And I was having healers over and over in my office who had business models that I knew could be successful, not making any money because of they were doing a lot of the same mistakes, limiting beliefs, fears, um, very much mm-hmm. afraid of the public. One of the things, everybody listening who's a healer, and by the way, there's a million different forms of healing. We all, if you're doing, if you're working as a healer now, you've probably been a healer in a past life. And if you, just one glance at a history book will tell you how, that it often went very badly for healers in past lives. So sometimes we bring those memories of being burned at the stake, off with your head, all of those awful things that happen, a little th- thread of that can come with us into this next life into this current life and even though we're living in a place where it's relatively safe we're still on some levels afraid that somebody's going to set fire to us if we come out and admit that we're seeing people that don't have bodies anymore that we're talking to uh higher level beings that we're using tarot cards to get wisdom and information for clients Mm -hmm. boy that's so true it is and you know and yet this new paradigm um 
is requiring this more of this connection because in a way it's it's been cut off and and put as shadow material you know we see it in scary movies all the time which always bugs me because it's like that's not really how it, it happens you know <laughs> it's kind of movies um but it, it, this new paradigm the new emerging consciousness coming through the new paradigm that we're all co-creating is requiring especially like you're saying the healers and light workers to step up more and to you know not only live because we are living this but to share that we're living this to to speak our truth instead of hiding it what are your thoughts on that it is scary i mean it's <laughs> i wrote you know, my very first book was about weight loss, and that was more so than this most recent book, Tales from the Trance, which is about client experiences. It is a little bit like being naked in public. I mean, when you're selling some, telling somebody that you, you know, see dead people and you don't know how they're going to respond, that you are getting inf- intuitive information that they didn't tell you about, that you're understanding things on a different level, it is very scary because you don't know how people are going to react. You don't know if you're going to be made right. to look stupid. And, you know, the next batch of healers is not, they don't look like gypsies. They're coming from the corporate world. Many of the healers that I'm seeing had very, very corporate CEO, CFO type jobs, but they now want to uh, do astrology readings. They want to do more Reiki. They want to do more hands-on healing. And, and because that's the passion that they've got. We have to learn how to be less afraid. And it's surprising how many, how many of my gay friends kind of explain it in the same way. When they finally came out, they were surprised by how few people thought it was a big deal or, or how few people even cared. You know? And I think a lot of healers are in, in an odd way having the same experience. When you come out and say, well, you know, I, I do kind of know things that you're not telling me. You'd be surprised how many of your friends will say, yeah, really, we already knew that. Don't worry about it. You know, mm-hmm. we just, just mm-hmm. have to be out there anyway. Just do it anyway. It's not as scary as it used to be. Right. Well, and the fact is most people or everyone to some degree, if they may block it, that has that sixth sense is picking mm-hmm. up right through the subconscious what's, what's really going on. But we're taught to block it, you know, to not. And what is your thought on that? And do you have a remedy that you can share with our audience, listening audience, um, or beginning stages of a remedy for not blocking one's intuition. It's a tough one because part of it is that we don't, we don't trust it. Um, We're taught Mm. to look at things outside of ourselves. You know, I I love this when, you know, a child is, will tell a parent when they're done eating and the parent says, no, you're not because the plate's not done yet. And here we are at a very young age taught, well, okay, well, it doesn't really matter that my body says I'm full. The plate isn't empty yet. So I guess, the big people must be right. Here you are as a child mm-hmm. getting the message that somebody in front of you has evil intention and you're telling them, you're telling your parents, I don't, that guy, there's something off with that guy. And they're saying, no, 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 he's a member of the church. He's fine. You're wrong. So as a young age, mm-hmm. we are taught to take that subtle information, which comes as a quiet whisper or sometimes just a feeling of peace and, and ignore it. Because we have to look outside. We have to look at, well, this person says pastor on their, on their name tag. They must be somebody who's good uh, rather than listening to that voice. So I would say that the remedy is more paying attention to that feeling of intuition and noticing that it feels different. Um, I always tell people intuitive messages tend to feel more quiet and peaceful. They're usually just a few words. We will attach emotion to it later. 
as we start to think mm-hmm. about it, but generally intuitive messages are more subtle and peaceful and calm and come in generally without a lot of emotion. It's later when we start to feel fear. If we see, if we have this intuitive message that our house is, is going to catch on fire, that's when we get scared. But, you know, allowing yourself to go, okay, well, this is what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling and not focusing so much on what the outside world says. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So it goes back to that old pay attention, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it is an aspect of us. And it just amazes me. A lot of people, like and I said earlier, um, are afraid of it. They're afraid of their own intuition or their own knowing. And I, sometimes people have told me they're afraid of it because then they're going to open up to um, spirits. You know, so I don't know if you find that in your practice, that the kind of the fear of the, the spirits, the, the non the spirits. Yes, because we're all afraid that we're going to get, um, I, you know, love shows like Ghost Hunters. I love those shows. It's like a guilty pleasure of mine. But when you see things yeah. like that and they talk about being possessed, all of a sudden and people are afraid that if they take a channeling class, they're going to be possessed by the devil. You know, something really awful mm-hmm. is going to happen. Or if you're using tarot cards and you pull out the death card, that means you're going to die. You know, this is what things like TV shows have done to us. But the death card just means the end of something. It, it doesn't even mean an actual death. Um, yeah. You know, it's just a, a matter of opening up transformation is is crazy but it it really is this this misinformation we have in our head about what this all means and you just kind of have to just laugh some of it off because some of it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know you're not going to get possessed if you take a, if you go into a deep meditation and you allow yourself to tune in spiritually but people another thing that people are afraid of and this is something I was a little afraid of too is if I tune in spiritually what if I find out something that I I don't necessarily want to take action on what if i decide that i'm uh i'm afraid that i don't want to be with my husband anymore you know what if i decide something mm-hmm. that's really life-shattering like that if i tune in intuitively and get messages and I, I find out something i don't really want to know people are just sort of in some ways afraid of themselves and yeah you know you just have to start to develop trust with yourself with that but but no you know bad things aren't going to happen it's okay get to take a tarot card okay. if you haven't got one already it's fun <laughs> So a couple of things I want to ask you. I mean, I've got a twofold question here on, first of all, becoming an authentic and successful healer. And let's, and, and you could also look at that as also like how to create a successful healing arts practice. However, obviously being more authentic and successful uh, with yourself or feeling successful or feeling authentic or doing it authentically, I would probably think it's, a big part of what would make somebody feel successful. What is your thought on that? I would say uh, I got some really great advice from a a former guest that you had on on your show, actually, Lori Bregman. And very early in my career, she said, you know, if you're not the kind of person that goes into the office wearing a suit, don't wear a suit. And it was interesting because I had been wearing suits and hating it with heels, by the way, awful. And as soon as I switched to jeans and T-shirts, what happened was, uh, my clients started being uh, more authentic with me. They started opening up more instead of like thinking this is this formal session where everybody had to be so formal and stiff. Suddenly I'm getting the real story. People are taking their shoes off and actually relaxing. And my, my practice grew a whole lot just in that one little change. And it was because I just, wow. I was me again. 
Um, and each time I added more authenticity of myself into my practice, my practice went up significantly. I didn't used to admit that I was intuitive in my, in my sessions. So when I would get information mm -hmm. and, and know what questions to ask the client when they were telling me about their fears and phobias, how did you know that? Well, you know, I didn't necessarily admit that their dead grandmother was standing over their shoulder telling me that the reason they're afraid of dogs is because they were bitten when they were six. I would just say, yeah, just, mm. you know, I know that that happens a lot when people are kids, you know, but mm -hmm. each time I added a layer and admitted, yeah, I'm intuitive. So some of that information I'm going to get is going to come from places you can't see. Uh, yes, I wear jeans and t-shirts because you know what? I like them a lot more than I like heels and suits. And mm -hmm. when you would, each time you add another element of being you to the equation, you invite your client, the person you're working with to do the same and be more authentic themselves. And people will enjoy it so much more. And the ones that don't resonate, the ones that don't like that, like you or like your brand, will go away, which is great because then they're not wasting their time, wasting your time calling you and asking you a million questions and they're not interested in your services. Mm -hmm. Now, Jill, to get to this authenticity, uh, first of all, I have a question. Uh, let's backtrack a little bit. So how did you decide to stop wearing the suits and the heels and go to the jeans and the T-shirt? Was that like a conscious decision for you, or did it just kind of happen and then you noticed, wow, there's a correlation here? Well, you know, Lori, Lori's advice, I thought, I'll just experiment for a week. And the, the, the next oh, week, I actually had a whole okay. bunch of teenagers as clients booked. And I had, I had noticed this before. When I wore jeans and T-shirts with clients, with teenagers particularly, they would actually talk to me. If I was wearing a suit, mm -hmm. now I'm an authority figure, and I would usually get nothing I could use out of the session. So, so I started doing that, mm -hmm. and then I just kept, kept going and realized, wow, this is a huge difference. And it just sounds like such a subtle thing, like my outfit. Because mm -hmm. you always hear, you've got to mm -hmm. wear a power suit. Not true. Absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. You need to be you. And when I was mm -hmm. me, I invited or allowed my client to be them, to show up as themselves, and suddenly we were able to get a lot further in a shorter, in a shorter span of time. Mm -hmm. So how does one become more authentic or know if they are being authentic? See what feels right for you. If you feel like you're doing something because somebody has told you you should, um, you know, as a new, when I first started my business, you know, I go to all these, these seminars telling you how to, how to create a successful business, and then you realize that some of those things mess you up a little bit because you're listening to everyone else's mm -hmm. advice. Um, mm -hmm. There's an element of trial and error to, to some extent, too. I had to just learn to admit what I was in, in terms of being intuitive and found as soon as I started being more myself, I wasn't scared of being myself anymore, but also I was finding that people would respond to that very well. And I realized how ridiculous it was for me to even hide in the first place. So I would just look at the places where you're hiding, the places where you're feeling like you don't want to show. I don't want people to know that I talk to dead people, anything like that. Pay attention to that. Now I, I don't give everyone the gory details because I do work with a lot of, you know, conservative clients and, and there's a level of comfort they have with those kinds of things that, that they may not have. Right. If I, if I were to talk about it, but I don't hide it. There's no hiding it on my website. They just don't see it necessarily. Um, but I would just say, you know, look at the places where you're feeling as though you're not wanting somebody to see and start to think about how can I bring more of that into my business in authentically. So it sounds like it's really the hiding. It's not whether you say something or not. It's just that you, you don't want to hide. Or hide, be hiding That's how it was for me. I feel like hiding mm -hmm. the, the part of yourself is a big part of 
of being authentic. Um, when you're feeling as though you're hiding something, you know, I, I hate suits. Um, I also yeah. hate networking events. And so right. whenever I've had to go to a networking event to just admit when I'm talking to people that this isn't my thing, it's kind of, it always, first mm-hmm. of all, it's always a conversation starter, but, but I found <laughs> that people respond so much more to just being you, you know, yeah, I'm here because I, I have to, or I'm here because they needed a speaker and I agreed, you know, sometimes it's just good to be admit and just be honest and people will laugh about right. that and enjoy it. And now there's some a sense of camaraderie and connection. You're a person rather than an image. I've always hated those networking things or, or hated those classes where they talk about being a corporate image. I'm not a corporate image. I'm a person. And people don't respond right. well to corporate images. They respond to people, particularly with, with mm-hmm. the kind of work that healers do. Mm. That's pretty powerful. Wow. Yeah. You're not an image. I love that. Oh, mm-hmm. beautiful. So, Jill, you have two books out. You have um, your, your first book was Feed Your Real Hunger, and your most recent book is Tales from the Trance. Uh, just touch on Feed Your Real Hunger, and then we can dive into Tales from the Trance a bit. Uh, Feed Your Real Hunger, which I love that title, by the way. It's actually a weight loss book. Um, my very first, what I first offered with clients initially was just weight loss. Um, I created a system to help people lose weight by changing their mind. I, I discovered that this whole punitive approach that we have to weight loss, which is to, to feel bad about ourselves for everything that we put in our mouth. Guess what? That doesn't work. That doesn't work. You're not overweight because of what you're eating. You're overweight because you haven't allowed yourself to change your mind and your relationship with food using your mental state. Um, This book, The the Feed Your Real Hunger, is really just a series of lessons to help shift your mindset so you're able to lose weight and keep it off forever. Um, It is not a diet program. I don't think those really work. You do have to change the way you eat, but it's going to need to start with your relationship with yourself and your relationship with your food. Most people are using food to change the way they feel. If you want to have a better relationship with food, you need to stop doing that, basically. And this book is a whole series of exercises to take you through to shift from using food inappropriately to allowing food to be what it really is, just sustenance, just this thing, and allow yourself to have the body and life that you want. Mm, the other book. Yeah, I know. I know. It was a great book. I wrote it like seven years ago. It was so much fun. Tales from the Trance. Oh, my gosh. This is so much fun. I, I started this book because every, every once in a while I would post blogs with client stories, you know, what, what happens in, behind the closed doors. Because I had some, I've had over the years, I've had some really, really interesting clients and some very interesting breakthroughs. And every time I posted a blog or a newsletter with a client story, people would always write back, you should tell more of those. Those are amazing. Those are great. I want to hear more. And it's kind of almost like reality TV. We don't get to see what happens inside a therapy session. And so now – I wrote these little stories, and they're short. Each one of them is only about 600, 800 words um, about what, what it's really like and the things that I've learned. What's it like to have a past life regression? I've got some great stories in there about past life regressions or people who've healed fears and phobias. And the thing is, with the stories, you get to know kind of what I was thinking, too. Um, there's a humor in, in it. Uh, there's a lot of time. There's, I haven't, even have a chapter called Fails and Epic Fails because it always bothered me when these counselors would write books and they would leave out the times when it didn't go well (laughs) sometimes it doesn't go the way we want it to 
And I wanted to just talk about some of that with humor. So I think if you're, if you're considering going into the healing arts, you really should read that book. Just not just because I wrote it, but you know, do that, do that, read, read the book because I wrote it, but because you're going to get to understand what it's really like. And I think that's really important for people. And I would imagine if somebody's contemplating um, hypnotherapy or past life regression, reading your book can shed some light and allay some perhaps apprehension about it. You know, it could it could bring it more to um, an understanding of what actually goes on in the session and what can come up. That's a great point. Thank you for bringing that. Because I forget that people are scared of this because to me, I do this all day long and there's nothing scary about it. And when people say to me, you might think this is weird. There's, there's almost nothing I could ever hear from a client that I would ever think is weird anymore. But you're, you're right. People will be able to read this and see that there's nothing scary about it. It's really not weird. It's just an amazingly therapeutic tool for change. And I love hypnotherapy because there's there's really no healing modalities I've seen that causes people to have such dramatic changes so quickly and helps people feel better. In some cases, for some issues, just after one session, people's total life can turn around. And there's nothing else that I know of that really does that. So I loved, when I wrote the book, it was exciting for me to be able to have people see that this is not a scary thing. There's nothing weird about it. Nobody's taking over your body. I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. And neither, by the way, can any other hypnotherapist. And it's just an, a great way to heal some deep core wounding very quickly. Mm. Now, in your practice, um, you do what with the for the healing arts, uh, helping people that are going into that field or are in that field. Um, how is the hypnotherapy used? So, or is it just a enough, lot of the, different ways? Mm-hmm. Oh, interestingly enough, a lot of the I really started working with um, other hypnotherapists who had just graduated because what would happen is they'd they'd graduate from school and then they don't know what to do with this. What do I do? Now I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. How do I get a business license? I mean, just some pretty ordinary things. When I'm using the hypnotherapy with them, though, it's some of the beliefs that are holding them back. There's, There's one major thing I see a lot with clients is this fear that they're not an expert that I don't know, that they don't know what they're doing. They don't know enough. I need to get another degree. I need to get more letters after my name. I, how can I call myself an expert in weight loss when I, you know, I'm not a size two? Um, there's a lot of mm-hmm. things that hold people back, but that's probably the biggest one and is this idea of not being an expert. And the thing is, if you know more than most people on the issue or you have some special perspective, like you lived through it and you know how to heal it, if you have one of those things or both, you are an expert. I am anointing you right now. Allow yourself to put yourself out there as an expert. You don't always have to have letters after the name. Get those if you want them, but don't allow yourself to be held back if you don't have them. But I absolutely use hypnotherapy to help with these limiting beliefs because the beliefs that people are are allowing themselves, the beliefs that are holding people back from putting themselves out there are keeping the world from having their healing out into the world, if that makes sense. So in a way, it's not about you anymore. It's about the people that you're meant to help. It's about the people who are meant to get your message. So allowing yourself to be held back by this fear or allowing the ego to take over and keep you from putting yourself out there and getting a Yelp page and having Google ads, all of those things, allowing that fear to be in charge is preventing those people that you're meant to help heal from having that healing through you and the way that you do it. 
Now, and Jill, you're working with the inner, the inner state. Do you help people with, I don't know, more of the 3D, I guess, left brain, more the organizational aspect of starting a practice as well? A lot of my a lot of my clients are kind of coming from the corporate world, so there is the organizational part of it um, a little bit. Okay. Just, but most of those people have that part down. It's kind of the it's the mental. It's the not feeling good it's enough, not feeling like not not feeling like they deserve, not asking for enough money. We think that that's all about money. It is not. It's about feeling like you don't deserve, or thinking that asking somebody for a hundred dollars an hour is a crazy amount of money, and that may have come because a parent said that that was a crazy amount of money. Or even this idea that you, because you didn't go to college, a lot of healers don't go to college. Uh, if you didn't go to college, you don't deserve to make you know a decent living. One of the the tough things I think that healers is that we'll tend to treat our healing practice as a ministry rather than as a business. And in some ways, you really have to do both. You have to, you, which means, which means hiring somebody who's qualified to build your website rather than your best friend because she needs the money. You know. Mm-hmm. But there's there's certainly a lot of mental beliefs that can hold you back, and absolutely being afraid of failure, being afraid of success, being afraid of of stepping out and being authentically you. These are all things that hold people back, and especially the next group, batch of healers that's coming more from the corporate world. Mm. Jill, this has been great, very useful information, very insightful, and um, very empowering. So. We're winding out of time here. Um, it's been great to have you um, on the program. Really appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on and uh, share your information with us and your tips. Thank Thanks, you so Michelle. much. Thanks, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're so welcome. Take good care. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Jill Thomas. Her website is soulconnecthypnotherapy.com. And we were diving into her two books, Feed Your Real Hunger, and her most recent read is Tales from the Trance. And again, you can find that at where all booksellers are sold, especially online, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And again, you can connect with her at soulconnecthypnotherapy.com. Oh, I love you all. Thank you, Tammy, in the chat. Yes, you know, we had such a great show. And gosh, what a synchronicity. Someone in the chat knows who I'm doing the shamanic um, wakeful dreaming and interplane work with on Saturday, the 22nd of June. So if you're interested in that, you can email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. Um, or better yet, you can go to soulplayground.life and go to Soul Path Happenings events workshops. There's a little icon there. And you can click on there. There's information. It's also listed on Eventbrite. Probably the week of, it'll be on Facebook as well. Um, Connect with me further if you want to on Instagram, Facebook, and, of course, YouTube. I'll be uploading some new vids. I've been um, tuning in with the guides through my higher self and the oversouls and getting some new insight and information for you all. Thank you all that took the time to listen in, call in the program, all of you in the chat. As always, it's great to connect with all of you. And until next time, continue to shine your light, share your insight, and, of course, keep awake. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific time. Archive shows available on iTunes. 
For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings Group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.